It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's cold, wet, windy day, and I'm looking out across a valley towards the high moors of the Pennines on the edge of Greater Manchester. I'm in the village of Mossley, serenaded in the distance by jackdaws, and I'm here to meet a couple of local artists whose work is very much inspired by these wild and rather epic, slightly bleak landscapes. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm the host of the podcast, the Nature and Countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. And this is season 11, where we are talking about voices of the countryside. So I'm very much interested in this slightly different take on how artists give voice to the wild places they walk in. Well, let's hope the rain holds off. So, here we are. On the edge of, where, where, what am I looking at? What are we we're, looking at here? We're actually looking at, so we're looking down uh, the valley to Mosley, which is an old mill town, which is to the northeast of Manchester. And we're looking across at the moor. So if we kind of go from this side, actually, because this will be familiar, this is uh, over there in the distance, yeah, is Pots and Pans and Saddleworth. And so this is a north-south valley? That's right. Okay. And we're looking across east. At east the, at, over the town. Okay. The, yeah. yeah. And then across there is Noon Sun Hill. And that noon goes... Noon Sun Hill. Noon Sun Hill. Which catches the, the sun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When yeah. it's out. Like today. <laughs> That's right, yes, exactly. And then, yeah. we're, and then we're up to the castle, aren't we? You talk about the castle because that's that's a really really lovely vista isn't it over there yeah yeah it's a Buckton castle it was never actually a castle but it, the Romans were up there and oh, okay. uh, uh, and uh, also they found uh, Neolithic finds up there as well so people have been in Mosley a long time really 
Well, I'm, look, so I'm going to introduce you. It's probably time, but it's lovely hearing about the hills. I'm here with two artists, Liz Ackley and Hugh Winterbottom. And Hello. It's lovely to have you. We've been planning this for a long time and uh, finally made it on this glorious, glorious day. <laughs> but actually, it, I expect it shows off the moods and atmospheres of these hills. Little... Colours, Richard colours in it yeah. when it's wet. And actually what you can't see today is you can't see the, I mean, you see the red up there and you see some of the darker browns, but in the summer that just becomes purple as oh, it, it gets heather. heather. Yeah, oh, gotcha. uh, There's patches of heather and then there are big sort of areas yeah. of heather, but it's, yeah. it's actually pretty spectacular when that happens and that happens sort of like August, September time. Gotcha. Um, but the other thing about this is, and that's this is why we were so keen to show you this today, is that this encapsulates all of the landscapes we've been looking at. So it's the moors, yeah. the woodland, and then the valleys in so between, we're, really. We're sat here drawing and painting a lot, aren't we, over yeah. the last two years? Oh, OK, so yeah. we're, at, we're at a little sort of viewpoint. Yeah. We are, yeah. yes. With some brightly coloured Did you have a hand in creating <laughs> No. <your own>? <laughs> <laughs> Rather awesome taste. I mean, it's really gorgeous because you've got these very tree. I mean, they are treeless hills, and then yeah. you come down to a very clear tree line, uh, and the, the the town seems to integrate itself yeah. into the woods. And, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got more of the town below, and this is a mill town. Yeah. It yeah, is, yeah. yeah. And if you look yeah. up there with the, oh, the yes. chimney, that's Wood End Mill. That's where our studios are. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's yeah. one of the few mills that remains here now, but this was literally all mills all along. We mostly got its name. It consists of two words, which means uh, uh, moss is uh, you know mossy area, and then Lee means a clearing in the wood. So yeah. it would have been like this, but more trees and. Same climate, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so that mill was dates back to the 1830s, yeah. and pretty much that was when they were all yeah. in oh. their sort of heyday, wasn't oh, it, it really? Full of mills, you know, yeah. just... Um, but, so it's the River oh. Tame here, is that That is, that's yeah. right, yes. Yeah. And, then the, yeah. and then the canal, the Huddersfield Narrow Canal, runs alongside it, and yeah. we're going to go down to that location, oh, actually. Yeah. So I'm really keen to hear, to tell the listeners, about how, you, how it influences you and how, you know, how it makes you feel and, and what you want to convey through your art. So yeah. hopefully as we go around... Yeah, we'll be able to sort of point out what... point out how we've done it. And just oh, whilst we're here, we, I mean, it, you, yeah. you said that we'd, we'd drawn here, but what I did as well, because we're, we're different as artists, it's quite interesting because we both have taken the same inspiration from the mm. landscape, but our portrayal of the landscape is different because Hugh tends to be a bit more representational and I'm trying to convey some of the feelings and the marks and the sense of the landscape. Mm. So what I did here, and and you came along as well, didn't you, to film some of it, but each month I sat here and did this massive (laughs) massive sheet of paper that I just made the marks on and folded it up and used it as sort of inspirational marks for the painting. So it was something that was quite... uh, I didn't know how it was going to work out. It sounded a little bit weird Mm. and wacky. But as it turned out, it was actually quite revealing and really interesting to follow the landscape through the seasons and the changes. But what you see is, it's not that the that things change, well, they do change, but what tends to happen is that certain things take precedent in certain lights and at certain times of year, which is kind of interesting in when you do this book and you sort yeah, of see well, it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing <laughs> it. I mean, that sort of answered my next question, which was asking you to describe what your style is, but yours, yours, Liz, is more abstract. Slightly more abstract. It's more about my feelings of the place and trying to capture that sense mm. of place without actually just showing a single view. I see. That's kind of the way I kind of work. Yeah. Hugh, yeah. how about you? Well, I try to capture, like, uh, you know, the, the vista and, uh, you know, the scale of it. So you're catching a scale into a very small piece of canvas, really, you know, like, so you've got to get that uh, impact. 
sort of onto a small area. So oh, that's really interesting because obviously I, I take a lot of photos of yeah. the about, but you could never. I'm very rarely able to capture the scale of what yeah. you can see with it, so that must be yeah, one of the joys I, of art. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 that's it. No, it's like it's like a challenge, you know. You, so you're trying to use them colours, and then you might. T I always turn up the colours because uh, I like colour <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and light, <laughs> colour and light. Yeah. You know, but there's a community of you working together. Yeah. Do you yeah. find that quite stimulating, or do you like working on your own? I like it actually because it's quite a lonely um, thing being yeah. an artist in a way doing your own art work yeah. so it is quite nice to have that sort of yeah, inspiration and discussion with others actually oh, I think that yeah. does stimulate things yeah, doesn't it yeah yeah it's nice to see someone else there's a view on your you know your art that you know you spend a long time on it might be a bit too close to it so someone else fresh eyes sometimes it's a little bit um, oh, all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it is fascinating because we like 20 of us could do this project we've done and you get 20 very different yeah. responses which is yeah. really interesting when it's like the same subject matter isn't yeah, it it's just, just different people have it's just taste. endless yeah, yeah, variety yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way yeah, oh, this is lovely. So we come into a suddenly we're yeah. into a little bit <laughs> into of wild. More interesting. This is the River Tain room. It is, yeah. yes. Yeah. And oh, beautiful. I was going to feel myself a bit relaxed a bit more. Yes, I, I instantly here. felt <laughs> that. It feels yeah. a bit calmer, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm already yeah. looking for dippers. And that, that's one of the things I've been doing over the 2021 20, is trying to identify birds and. Uh, it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and, and, tricky and, and on a day like this yeah. as well. Sounds, it's, like yeah. it's just lovely here. So we're on, we've got the backs of an old warehouse. Yeah, and we're heading towards Wood End Mill now. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. Oh, right. And we're heading out into a sort of birch woodland. Lovely. The canal has appeared, which is nice. Yeah, this is lovely. So this is the Huddersfield Canal. Huddersfield right? Narrow yeah. Canal, yeah. yes. Yeah. Between Ashton and Huddersfield, is it? Yeah, yeah. between Ashton yeah. and Huddersfield. Yeah. What distance does it run this? Now, how many miles? I'm I'm not sure, but uh, I mean, I know the town. You know, it runs between lots. Ashton and... Huddersfield, 70 lots, so we're yeah. moving downhill quite yeah. Yeah. uphill or downhill very yeah. rapidly. Yeah. Wow. And it's, I mean, I think there was the issues with it were the, the fact that there's a really long tunnel, isn't there? The standard. Yeah, standard oh, tunnel. the famous yeah. standard yeah. tunnel, right? Okay, yeah, which yes. is on the canal. On the they built canal. it without a towpath, so they have to uh, leg everything through. So they lie on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> doesn't really work with modern demands of industry. No. no. And coupled with the fact that it's quite a narrow canal compared to Well, some, I looked I at that lock, and that's really, it's really, really narrow, thin. I isn't thought, it? I thought my local canal was, was, was small, much, but this is tiny. Yeah, yeah. 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 My studio's on, the, on this side, and you can see all, all the bolts coming so through. So you can look out onto the water. Yeah. Lovely. Some trees. catkins on the, on the hazel yeah. trees. I know, it's amazing side. now, isn't it? A big sway. just yeah. suddenly appear. I always think each year I'm going to... Look out for when they first appear. Then they they always then surprise they just, me. They, yeah, they come all just of a do sudden. it overnight. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Sounds a spring catkins. Yeah, there's, a, there's that's, we've seen snowdrops and catkins, so we're, we're kind of just we're on the cusp. Just, yeah. And the and the, the chimney here. This is Wood End Mill now coming up. There's a chimney we'll poking right through past. the trees above our heads with uh, with the canal sneaking towards it. And it's actually quite uh, austere in the sense that it's a it's a massive mill because it's actually two mills together, because it was it's one of those ones that has had the spinning and the weaving together, well, which okay. is why it's so, so everything in one place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the the few examples left actually from what I was reading. I mean, it's way too listed. Um, you'll see when you see the studios, it's not in great shape. I mean, a lot of these things, places aren't. You know, it's hard to keep up the yeah. upkeep of them, these types of mills. is yeah, really yeah. difficult. You know? I mean, it does look austere, but it has a sense a of charm, beauty to it, it? Yeah. I think. 
And so what was it that drew you here? Because you, you both were... Hugh, you said you're from Oldham, and you were living in Salford. Yeah. Salford before. Yeah. I, th- I mean... Both uh, quite urban. Urban, yeah. yeah. Now we're out in quite bleak and beautiful and grand surroundings. What was it that brought you out here? Was it the, the mill? Or I think it was... The, I mean, the mill was... You yeah. were in the mill already, weren't you? And um, yeah, was I wasn't. Yeah, it was the community, really, because I knew there was an artist there, so... And uh, eventually got on the waiting list and got a, a studio, and then uh, you get attached to the area once you start looking around and walking yeah. around. And so had, had you been painting... Because I've looked at both your sort of back catalogues of yeah. work really yeah. and you're obviously quite urban a lot of your paintings uh, um, uh, yeah. works of art um, um, yeah. or were have, have, you, have you become more since you moved out here have you become more sort of yeah. influenced by the wild and changed your um, uh, yeah, focus I, think, I suppose yeah because I used to spend a lot of time in Manchester drawing and painting and uh, uh, I'm sort of known for my city, cityscapes. Yes, that's probably, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was grasping for, cityscapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah but um, it got, you know, Manchester got a bit too busy and a bit too noisy and, uh, you know, I wasn't enjoying it as much. But I still do, still do cityscapes, but uh, it was just nice to stand in, in a field painting. You'd be there all day then, just soaking it, everything in. Yeah, and you get to see all the light through the day then. And you know, the Gosh, change is really yeah. soothing actually to spend a whole day doing one lovely thing. It was, yeah, in, in, you know, I'll be, especially on the moors when you're taking all your stuff on the moors, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're carrying all your paints and oh, it's okay. heavy. So that's it's quite, a, quite a trek. Yeah. And Liz, how about you? Were you a sort of painting yeah, the wilds before? No, not at all. In fact, it's quite, I mean, I was originally, before I became an artist, I was actually a landscape designer. I think so. And then. I kind of, when I, when I came to Manchester, I started doing a lot more drawing and I got a lot of commission work for doing much more illustrational drawing. And, um, but always my heart was in landscape, yet I didn't really portray it. And in the, in the styles and the approaches I was taking, I didn't know how to really. There was, you know, lots of line work, lots of pen work, lots of buildings and straight lines and so on. And so here was my kind of opportunity really to start getting much more into that um, interest I had in the materiality of things and being able to portray that in my work so a lot of texture I do quite a lot of textural work I build up layers in my work so I don't do it on location I do a lot of drawing and studies on location I take that back into the studio to work and then work it up yeah. when, in your, at your leisure with, yeah. with, with, in, in, in the dry yeah. <laughs> whereas you're out and outside yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. braving the elements with... oh yeah you get the, uh, the, the elements and uh, you know, especially in the autumn and winter your fingers would you know freeze and you just yeah. have to little, run a little light today we're all wearing gloves <laughs> and uh, you can probably hear the patter of rain on our on our hoods we've got a little elite just bringing water off the hill into the canal here so, and a lovely bridge i love these canal bridges yeah, they're, oh, so just, elegant. They? they're sort of very yeah. elegant so i painted this a lot <laughs> have you oh, yeah. Okay. yeah yeah i can't I don't blame you it's probably quite but not you all your magnetic. work is on location is it here i mean you no. do plein air but you also oh, do quite a lot i do a lot of studio work, work. Yeah. yeah yeah a lot of it you know bringing i use them like for studies for you know the studio work um, it's a marvellous place here. So so this, is the, this is the back of it. So yeah. this, is, this is the south side of it. The front is the north. Yeah. And then we're west on that side. Yeah. It is quite austere. It is. It's yeah. harsh, it's isn't it? It is austere, but it's, yeah. it's, and you it's can got see a charm. You've got, you got cracks in the chimney there, and there's great big chunks missing out of it at the top. Yeah. But they say it's OK. <laughs> they say it's <laughs> Who OK. Who says and yeah, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's a tree growing at the top of it. It's doing well. <laughs> So we best let's not talk. Let's not let's <laughs> not, not breathe too yeah, heavily near the chimney. And then we're going to go on that. It's a, 
Lovely sound of the rain in the trees here. And this becomes spectacular come the spring. It becomes a sort of like the pale green of, of life. It's really beautiful, isn't yeah. it, yeah. as it gets into spring? Well, just going up a bright... Is this a bridal way here? Yeah, yeah. we're going to yeah. meet the bridal way at the top. This yeah. is just the kind of the, the back bit onto the bridal way, really. Yeah. Which yeah. is an old um, disused railway line. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's all... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Michaelpurse uh, line, line used to be. There's yeah. quite a sense of nature taking over yeah. some of yeah, the old industrial parts yeah. here. Because if you kick the ground further up, you can still find coal. And, uh, you still see the railway walls and the bridges and, and uh, stations. And really, so just to come like and it's not that long ago, but very quickly it sort of disappears into the, into yeah, the landscape. Into the yeah. Yeah. A lot of my studio works from the texture from these trees. I have favourite trees on here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're covered yeah, in lovely too. mosses yeah. and lichens and... Yeah, bird nests, you know, all you can... Yeah, I love drawing, you know, the bird nest looking up to make a lovely silhouette. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, and it's, I mean, I was, I was came up here in the spring because I, I decided that I was going to choose different seasons for different landscapes. So in the spring and the autumn, I was more interested in the woodland because it, I called it a bit of a transition time. Yeah. And so I did a lot, an awful lot of studies out here with all different sorts of media, pastels and collage and so on, to try and get a real sense of, the la you know, what, what it was like in the spring. True. And these colours are amazing. I don't know if these are rusts or other things on the bark. Yeah, it's, it's really... um, I think it's a type of lichen. Is it? I was going to say, is it a lichen? It's kind of, yeah. reddish. We've done a lot about it. I can't remember. But it's one of, the, it's one of those that only grows on one side, side of the tree. Side of the tree, which would be right, wouldn't it? So you it? can it's kind of work out. It's like a very basic compass. Yeah. yeah. Also, what I found was that because of, there was limey growth, it was almost highlighting all these twiggy branches. They weren't camouflaged by all the leaves, and so you saw almost more of the structure in the way. I see, at least yes. the twiggy structure. Painting the trees outside in the, like the summer or different times of year, I have to use a lot of blue in the green. You know, yeah. it's more blue than green. And I say trees are blue, and then everyone says, "No, they're green." <laughs> no, they're blue. <laughs> that's the deep. So that's the deep greeny blue of summer, then. You, yeah. Is that yeah. What you're saying? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You have to put a lot well, of blue in. Quite, yeah, that's. You do, because we notice that, haven't we, now, more, because we've been painting it for two years, the seasons and how they change very subtly, uh, all the colours and the greens quickly, and, the, yeah. you know, yeah. And, uh, there are certain points within the season that are much more about that season and then tailing off towards either end of it becomes yeah. quite muddled, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, 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 it's really interesting. So you're really paying close attention the whole time to yeah, what's going on. The, that's... And you're kind of not, not sort of purposely saying, I'm going to really pay attention. You just kind of do because you're doing yeah. so much in the way of study and ob observation. Yeah. And it's like a stained glass window sometimes. And when the sun's out and it shines through the leaves and, uh, and you try to capture all that, which is very tricky <laughs> so I've seen very zoomed in you know you see things uh, like a like a landscape but you know in a small area you know just, uh, so you can spend a, so you'll do the big grand landscapes and then you'll do these quite focused yeah zoomed in on small sort of leafscapes sort of Leafs, yeah yeah I like that that's good isn't it, it could <laughs> be an exhibition I do the same but in a sort of different way because I'm kind of looking at the big vista and then looking at the details yeah but it may be that Within a piece of work, there are kind of there's kind of both because it's not one particular view; it's just the sense of that feel of being in that place. We'll sketch out here together, won't we? And, uh, yeah, it's amazing now. We see it differently. Isn't it? I think that's something really special. I think a lot of people struggle with abstract art because yeah. they perhaps don't. Someone hasn't told them 
it's a feeling and an emotion. Emotion, or, or, or. yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about that side of things? I, I mean, think I think... I mean, I always think of it because I used to, when I, my drawing work was much more representational. And so during this body of work, I've really been trying to convey more than just a single view. So in a way, it's like a pendulum swing, you know, from being completely representational, almost photorealistic, to being completely abstract. But I think it depends where you get your inspiration from because my inspiration is coming from the landscape and I definitely want people to feel that. I don't want them to think, well, it could be anything. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't want them to see a view because there isn't one, you know, unless that's what they particularly see. That's not how I've done it. I was looking at your indigo one, the, the landscape, which yeah. felt very like this moorland here. Yes. But nothing sort of like definitive. Nothing concrete, and it wasn't, there wasn't but a there monument there. there were folds in the land, and there were yeah. definite sort of gullies where streams could be. Or That's it. But, uh, I, I thought there was sort of, a lot was left up to me to interpret. Yeah. And it's almost becomes, what I find is that people that buy those works it becomes their landscape that they know yeah. and they superimpose that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to do that, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to reflect in the marks and the, um, the colours that feel of the landscape, I suppose. And it depends, I suppose, as abstract artists that don't use anything real, it's all about what's in their head. So it depends on where your inspiration, I think, comes from. And, I, and I'm, with this group of work, at least, I haven't forced myself to, well, it has to be completely abstract. It has to be what the painting drives it to be, in a way. So some right. will look more representational than others. But I don't think anybody would look at them and say, no, that's a view, because it kind of doesn't have that, that feel of, a, of, of one single view. Yeah, there's lots of questions that were falling in my mind about how you, how you know when to finish. And that's, you see, that's a... That's the, that's the question that everybody, artists ask as well. It's just such a tricky one. But what tends to happen is that you have a feeling when it's finished. It, it's, and there's almost that in your head, it sounds obvious, but it's when you've said what you wanted to say in the painting, yeah. it's done. And somebody once mentioned that to me and I thought, what does that really mean? But then I have had that feeling with some of mine have been easier than others to work out that it's done. I've said what I wanted to say yeah. and others I've battled with and then thought, no, it's done. And then it's just small additions that have um, made it finish. But I do quite a lot of writing about it as well to try and unpick what it is I'm trying to say and how I'll know that, you know, because it's, it's not just a visual thing, really, when you're developing the painting. It is a, a thinking thing as well. Um, Sometimes I'll take a loaded brush right up to the canvas and then think, oh no, that's finished actually. Oh, really? <laughs> Bring okay, it away so and go, no, no. no. Okay. That doesn't do need any more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's it. That's, that, well, that's, so it is a feeling you just get, obviously through experience as well, but, but so. you sort of get to know when your thing is yeah. saying all it needs to say. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, does. it kind of speaks to you, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, it says, oh no. No need now. I certainly have a dialogue with the painting, and I never believed that until I've done, you know, many more paintings with this group of work than I've ever done before. That's probably not true of Hugh, but it is of me. And what I found was that I would go with the painting and keep going with it, and I didn't really know where it was going. And at a certain point, you want it to take part in that conversation with you. It has, it has to be a call and response. It's almost like a partnership between the painting and you. And that sounds a little bit woo-woo, but it kind of does happen once you're kind of in the mode with it, like really. It's meditation, isn't it? Yeah. Go and meditate yeah, every day. It is. Do you an find hour. time just goes by? Oh, it, does. <laughs> it does. A day passes like an hour sometimes. Really? It? You know, it's like, oh. A lot of people would really like to find that sort of sense of 
immersion. I think I talked to a lot of people about mental health, and you know, particularly mm. in the last two years that yeah. we've had. Yeah. And people not finding this, this sort of something that gets them out yes. of themselves. Yes. 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 I mean, I find yes. it in nature, and I can yes. find I can walk. You do, because you're not thinking of anything else now, are you? You're just living for that moment when you're painting, because it's actually something you're right doing. It's like when, yeah, when you're out walking, you're actually doing it right then, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. immersed. And, yeah. And, and I think, well, see, for me personally, I find the same, and I can't go for a period of time by just painting in the studio. I have to come back here to get back in touch with my inspiration. Uh, do you find then, that, I mean, you talk a lot about light and colour. There are times of day which are... Um, well, times of year, obviously, between... But spring and autumn being yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went through a phase of just painting the sunrise and sunset. I think we used to go up and, and, and uh, we're getting up there for four o'clock and uh, before the heat of the day in the summer. You know, it's gosh, like, that must have been amazing. Did you get loads of wildlife coming up around you? Or, um, the sort of dawn choruses, I suppose. Was, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The we dawn. had some fascinating experience actually. Do you remember the, oh, the, pigeons. the pigeons? I was paranoid because I saw a van pull up yeah. and just beyond where we were standing looking at the vista and we were drawing and opens his back door so I went pelting up this path thinking gosh he's going to flight it hello (laughs) and 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 he got these cages out the back and he was training these young pigeons across the valley homing pigeons yes yes homing pigeons and they just literally he let them all out and they kind of all flew around all confused and then kind of went into a formation and then all headed off yeah it was kind of so fascinating. You were over. I thought, oh, I better run over as well, or if you would be causing trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to fight these guys now. Yes, yes with yes, a yes, tetting. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you see, is that's noon sun again. That's noon sun hill. Noon sun. Yeah, yeah in the, in the, and this is a particular place where, in the autumn, it just becomes spectacular with beech leaves and, and horse chestnuts and so on. And we kind of did a lot of work looking into this area in yeah, the autumn. Yeah. And this is a clearing that we used to have come to quite a lot, and I did a lot of spring studies in there as well, and that's quite fascinating because you're kind of surrounded by the trees, and there's these massive bowl-shaped trees that are quite They're very mossy, aren't they? Yeah, this is, this and is really like the mossy trees of Mossley. They are so. <laughs> I got a lot of my favourite trees down there that I paint. <laughs> ah, okay. And all the blackthorn coming friends. out. Yeah. All the blackthorn comes along oh, here, really? so you get this sort of white snow all the way along, oh, which is amazing. Yeah, yes, yes, it's very, very, very close to that period actually. Yeah. You know? Yeah, two or three weeks we yeah, should start we'll seeing get into that. Yeah, it's a winter beauty today, I Yeah, yes, yeah. we're seeing it as it's, it's most challenging. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still lovely. I, gosh, I, I'm happy to be out on any day, really. And one thing we didn't mention, which I should mention, and you'll see it in the work, but the stone walls in the you can see the lines there of the field patterns really for us we don't have so many hedgerows because you know it's too extreme so all these beautiful stone walls ah, okay so but they're, they're not just yeah they're not just like they're not just um you know beautiful stone but it's the way the whole of the surroundings interact with them so you've got wire and some posts and some planting growing around and you end up with these very interesting energetic looking things that are all along the sides of the fields and the paths which when you get up close are just stunning and I, I kind of started to call them edgelands I mean they're not the strict the strict term is very different but and I did a whole group of paintings about them close oh, up okay because um, they provide these sort of incredible lines they across do. the landscape exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah it's an interesting part of this landscape I think the fields uh, boundaries the, the astonishing amount of work that has gone into building all those I know and, oh. uh, yeah, I just admire that kind of 
yeah, that sort short of lives, yes. and they spent them building stone walls yeah. over yeah. up steep hills. And <laughs> when we go across the across uh, this part of the wall, we will see some close up and some heather close up, which is quite nice. That's part of the railway, there, yeah, so we so we yeah, just mindless as we're on a rail, old railway line here. A few daffodils just poke it. I imagine these are daffodils yes, here. Yes, I think you're right. You do get a lot of bluebells here in the summer. It's just do you? Okay. Yeah, There's goldfinches. The sort of rattling metallic call. Is that, is that what that is? That one there? Metallic. Uh, let's see. Interesting. That one is oh, a, yeah. is a um, tit, a oh, okay. great tit. Oh, okay. Right. This one over there. Will they start maintaining them now? Yeah, it's certainly pairing up. And yeah. Because um, I've got these in, I can't quite. Yeah, lots of robins. Uh, no, that is a that's a dunnock. All right. I saw a man pushing a wheelbarrow down the street the other day, and it had exactly the same squeaky wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a donut. That's a donut, yeah. How weird. I really want to go up behind and, and just, record just it. You just record it and say, that's weird. Let's see if we hear that donut. It's a great tit. That's a really familiar, very spring You hear that, don't you? That's a great tit. Yeah, and that's, yeah. That, it has loads of different voices, but that's just that oh, sort of urgent kind of, spring's coming, spring's coming. <laughs> it's my territory. Yeah. Yeah, just going, just going that sort of anything kind of urgent like that and repetitive mm-hmm. is generally a great tip. And lots has lots of different variety. Did you find lots of people took up art during lockdown? Well, oh. judging by the amount of difficulty was, we had trying to get materials, that I was, was saying. Yes. Really? Okay, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Everything was going out of stock. I mean, partly that's due to supply chains, but also I think people were just painting or doing things that they didn't usually do. Yeah, Yeah, there was a sort of moment where I think people rediscovered a bit more about life. That's right, yeah. Hope they've stayed with it. Yeah, and things that they just never had time to do or didn't have time, you know, for before, they just thought, no, I'm going to do this. A lot of people get put off saying, oh, I'm rubbish, or or my teachers said I was rubbish and I've not... We were all told that, I think. I mean, it does not It's enjoying doing it, because it's going to take a while, isn't it? We all used to have been immediate, aren't we, like... You've got it, haven't you? But yeah. uh, drawing takes time. What would your advice be then to someone who has that sort of nervousness about? Oh, here we go. That's another great tit sound. The fact there he is, just through there. Oh, yeah. This is going. Another funny little call. Um, yeah, advice to people who should be drawing and painting but are just put off for for the reasons of lacking confidence I suppose I think I mean for me personally I I think it's just a matter of keeping it simple getting a little notebook or the back of an envelope and a pen just having it by you and and maybe not thinking about it as trying to produce pieces of art but just trying to record and slow down and and just you know sort of almost a visual diary because I think taking it away from I'm trying to do, you know, something that is something work of art. Because none of yeah. us do that. I mean, yeah. nine out Keeping of ten things aren't, as, aren't great, but it's really the That's process of it. That's interesting to hear you say that, actually. It's the process, That's not the result. encouraging. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you don't have to, you know, like drawing books were taught to keep in the line, are we? You know, but you don't have to. It doesn't. There's no rules. No. You know, <laughs> but there's guidelines if you want to paint a particular way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, just as long as you enjoy it. Yeah, enjoyment is really, I think, key. Yeah. These are crack willow trees, aren't they? Oh yes. Yeah. 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 So yes, this is the song of the river Really, really calming. Well, yes, it's quite a broad, shallow yeah. river, even in winter. But um, there goes the train. I think you do get a lot of dipping. I bet this is perfect. This is a perfect dipper stretch. Yeah, it is. It's really lovely down here. In fact, it was lovely last week, wasn't it? So it's, it's a broken weir there. Yeah, it's yeah. and and that. I don't know much about that, do you? It's, it's, um, no, I don't know if there was a million, it might have been. I wonder yeah. if that's been deliberately broken to let the fish yeah. pass. And, yeah. It looks like it has in a way, doesn't yeah. it? It just looks like it's been... Oh, this is lovely, yes. <laughs> this is a particularly beautiful little... Yeah, yeah it's a, so, and we used to stand behind the wall in the summer and just look across. So for the listeners, it's a, it's a little... Well, it's a footpath, but okay. flanked by these dry stone walls yeah. with pastures and hills rising beyond us. Yeah. It's kind of lovely the way all of the lines are kind of... Yeah, early in the morning it's all different colours. Yeah. Uh, I always call it Ballad of the Kings, the sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it goes up further, doesn't it, on, on Midge Hill? So it goes up. I mean, that's the hill. That's what it's... Yeah. It I like this little mossy, little mossy corner here. And yeah. It's just, lovely, uh, isn't it? This flower's lovely. And see how much you look at and take it all in. I think yeah, it's probably... Uh, yeah, look at all the colours just in one stone, you know, it's like... Uh, this yeah. is that classic edge, isn't it, that we were talking about, you know, with the wooden posts and the wires and you've got the yeah. stone, it's like this yeah. whole kind of yeah. environment, really. Yeah. You're right, once you start looking at a stone, you see the lichens making maps. No, I wouldn't get anywhere on a walk if I start. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't get very far. Bit, yeah. And that's actually why work, just working all of this uh, exhibition around Mosley has worked for us, because it's yeah, kept yeah. us not spending all the time hiking to a, another place, but actually being in our environment, which has been quite, I think, quite nice. And it wasn't what was planned. We planned to go much further afield and to go to coastal areas as well, and that would have been too much. Yeah. But it has yeah. been quite... Um, it's all here, isn't it? Yeah, it's been good that yeah. that has, has, has had that effect on us, really. It's marvellous to be in here and you're surrounded by all your work. I mean, and this actually has been almost like the display area and I work in the far corner where it's lighter. Yes. So I'll show you that in a minute. Um, and it's actually, it's been a bit of a, an interesting one because I've been able to hang my panels on these walls so that as I'm doing them, I can see them from afar, which is quite helpful. Um, Talk me through just a few of these here. So, so the... So I'll tell you, tell you about the moorland ones because these are all. Sorry, that's that's for. That's don't worry about that. That's just. Um, so, there's these ones were done from memory and from drawings I did of Marsden Moor in some beautiful sunlight in the winter before lockdown. But then I painted them during lockdown, and these ones are all four of them actually of the heather moors oh, okay. up on the heather. And that's about being amongst the heather. So a lot of this Stronger is all about the grasses and, like, and love all the different moves and purples. And yeah, and it's not it's not a literal representation, but it's not so abstract that you wouldn't have no, no clue what it is. Some of them, you know, you definitely feel that's a sort of little 
clough in, yeah. a, in, a, in a vale of the hills. I mean, that very clearly feels like hills and patches of mineral, patches of heather. And then these three here are literally, um, I'm calling them touching distances, because what these are is about looking over at the moors from, for example, where we started uh, the walk this morning, um, without being able to get close to them, but getting that sense of them from a distance. So they're all touching distances, and this one is touching distances, snowstorm beginnings, because I was out actually in that place drawing and making marks as the snowstorm came across, and that's really the inspiration for that one. So you, so you make marks? That's something you said at the beginning as well, and I didn't quite understand. So when I'm actually drawing, I'm actually... So these are, are drawings that were done as a basis for those, actually. Oh, I, I don't know if you can see, but yeah, I'm yeah. using charcoal, but there's lots of different types of marks that I'm making, and we call it mark-making, really. So there's dots oh, and there's you. lines. So they, I mean, these feel perhaps a stage more representative. Yes, exactly. Them. And these were what was They're on lovely. outside. They were lovely. without looking at them. I get, it, I get you. So you look at the view and your hand is on the page just trying to capture that. But you That's don't want it. to get it too precisely, you just want to get That's it. That's it. But I did one that was like I was literally looking at that view, doing a huge piece of paper, and then I fold it into a booklet. And what you get are just snippets which feel like the place, but they no longer look literally mm, like the scene. Okay. So it's just ways of getting you into more abstractness and yeah. the feel of it. So it's always stages, and I think it's always kind of going in that direction, but sort of seeing where it takes you. Uh, it's just understanding the process of how the abstract doesn't come from you just throwing paint. No. And, and I think sometimes it does for some people, but that's not how I tend no, to do no. it. I tend okay. to... Sort of get in the end of And once I've done these, it won't be the end of it, because when I'm painting, I'll start doing more studies, and they'll inspire me on the paintings. And I should probably just show you this one. This one is what I was talking about. This is the spring woodland, and that's that whole idea of the tangled the branches. Yeah, yeah, the greens are all very zingy. Yeah, yes. and the, the sort of tangled branches that become very uh, dominant because you can see them because not the leaf the leaf cover yeah. isn't, isn't covering them. But then, in addition to that, with the in the in the spring woods, what you do get is this amazing sense of space because it's not all filled with leaves. So that that yeah. space is something that was quite important to me in these uh, ones about the woods. Oh, this one is like a close-up of a stone wall, but in a sort of more abstracted way. And this yeah. one is almost like, oftentimes when you're walking along a path, you see it snake into the distance, yeah, and that's get, really the, that. the whole sort of sense of that. Almost like feet at the bottom. And this one was, became very important because I needed to finish, so I was starting to worry I wouldn't finish my paintings in time, so that, that quote became very what important. What makes you finish is not discipline, but self-forgiveness. <laughs> that's Elizabeth Gilbert, is it? Yeah. Uh, what makes you finish is not discipline, but self-forgiveness, and that means just saying... Don't worry about it. Don't yeah, sweat it. and you are where you are because there's always yeah. this sense that you, especially if you compare and despair, that you need to be at a certain level. And the reality is, you can only go as fast as you are. You can't go ten years on in one swoop. However hard you work, yeah, yeah. you have to go through that thing. Really, you have, um, to, you have to put in the hard yards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. It's oh, a little well, bit narrow okay. there. I'll just open the curtain. Smell of. I don't have a great sense of smell, but I can really smell the, the 
your oils in here. Yes. Yeah, I, I use oils, so you probably smell. What medium do you use? Uh, acrylic and other mixed media, so. Not quite as strong. No, yeah. it's not. It doesn't smell in the same okay. way. Um, so I don't think I'd asked you what medium you use. So you're yeah. more acrylic and your work is oils. Yeah. It yeah. seems um, obviously much more representative. and. Yeah, um, I saw I have a three stages, so I have yeah. a box of sketches. These are all the sketches I've done on location, so it's um, oh, wow. so it's, it's literally hundreds of them. This is just a little... I'd be so pleased if I've created anything like that. <laughs> These are just the things you've done. Yeah, it's just, you know, okay, it, so there's lovely texture. There's one of my favourite trees, crack willow. Uh, yeah. Just uh, just walked past it, actually. Yeah. And uh, just watercolour and, you know, pen on top. Yeah. And uh, so you get dog footprints because you put them down, the dog walkers come over and you get this. I, I write, usually I write what the weather was like on them and uh, things yeah, like that. Okay. <laughs> this is lovely. This is, this is like a sort of, oh, it's like a coppiced willow with all the stems, trunks coming out. It's a sort of big, fun, you know, fun yeah. moss there. And, moss uh, tumbling out of the kind of so this crevices. Yeah, yeah, so I'll do these because I, I don't work from photographs. So I use these to create the paintings like this, you know, which is like washes, oil washes, and impasto thick oil paint. And um, so I've used so Hugh's showing me a, a picture on the wall here of. Uh, and this is one of your moorland landscapes, isn't it? With a great yeah. swirl of green in the foreground and then the browns of the moor behind. So it's okay. a, these are, I do, because I do, this is like the second stage of what I do. These are plein air paintings. Yeah. These are all painted outside. That's where we were with the railway, you yeah. know, at Midge Hill. Oh, I really That's like that style of sort of quite stucco. So, oh, what do you call that sort of, not pointillist, but it's that... Um, it is pointillist. Yeah, an impression, right. it's, it's an impressionist point. sort of... Uh, yeah, yeah there's a... Stocks, it looks detailed, but when you look close, yeah, it's just um, single marks of paint, yeah. you know, just a brush stroke. I'm a big fan of that style, yeah. and, and I think this is... This moorland path, yeah, yeah it, was, it really reminds me of moorland paths of Walton. <laughs> so um, I'd, I'd carry the, that canvas, that huge bag over here, and all my paints, all up onto the moors. So okay, be, so you, you're quite. Yeah, I sound like it's really hard, you know, but it, it's just heavy. Get, we need to get you a donkey, <laughs> a, a podcast donkey, or a, a, a painter's donkey to stay. A painter's donkey, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and what are these ceramics here? Oh, these are little experiments, really, just um, little studies of uh, seeds. And, uh, so this is very textured, um, like the size of sort of dinner mats, really. Uh, so what have you done here? Just spread. Uh, just like a. Fillers, wood fillers, and things okay. like that, and oh. um, just uh, use rags to get an impression and then paint in, into them. And this is oil, and so just experimenting with these. A lot of like sort of foxes and things appearing out of the. You can you can see things, yeah. yeah. yeah that's like a, a big seed head. Uh, it's like a seed, and uh, but you can. Cause I, my journey is only important. It's whoever's looking at it, what right. they're seeing, yeah, really. Yeah. Sort of because um, it's a lot of our work is about method, really. You know, it's the journey. And then, you know, you do get a finished product. You know, once you've painted it, you've become less interested in it then, you know, it's uh, for the really? viewer. Do you think once you've finished, it's... it's you want, yeah, you want the next one. That's, that's I, I sometimes think that, but I also sometimes think it's good to go back and reflect. And sometimes I'm, yeah. I'm like, get worried that I haven't included something that I wanted to reflect in the painting, and I rush back to it to look, and I'm yeah. relieved yeah. if I say, oh, no, it did reflect um, that. You know, yeah. it's kind of interesting, isn't it, how yeah. it depends on your mode, I suppose. It is, you know. It's, well, this, you've got, there's so many different styles here. <laughs> well, the, the, 
That's very sort of Alice in Wonderland type. Uh, well, that's my final, but my third stage. And uh, <laughs> That was a studio done, wasn't it? That's in a studio, that one. Yeah, and it's like this is the same sort of thing, so I'd set it up in a, a little miniature landscape with so these the, trees. It's like a collection of sort of like ornaments in a landscape. I'm trying to describe it to you with, with sort of things shrouded with sheets and it kind is, of leaf yeah. motifs coming out and then the shadows behind of all of this creating a... Yeah, but well, there's a story behind, behind the painting, and uh, uh, well, it's quite sad. Well, my mum passed away last year, and uh, these are my mum's ornaments. Oh, okay. So that's my mum's energy going into that. Oh, well, goodness, uh, okay. Well, that totally explains. So they're all watching, you see. The, uh, oh, well, that's very moving. So, it's, yeah. so it should be in the exhibition. So. Yeah. Brilliant, so, brilliant. Well, that explains it. It's, I mean, it's very unique bit of work and I've never seen anything like it but actually now you've explained it it makes oh. loads of sense oh thank you thank you so it sounds complicated until you see it yeah. <laughs> so it's trying to explain it to the viewers you know it's like uh, yeah it's really difficult to explain I, I think you have to come to the exhibition <laughs> yes that's, that will be perfect um, if I can just impress it I, I, I think they're very very powerful both of your works really really powerful I think and I think it's very, just really interesting how you sort of conjure the countryside and, and pass it on to other people through these works. So if, yeah, I'll say, well, thank you so much for a brilliant walk. Thank you. made the most of, <laughs> the, most of the weather. Yeah. Just to see all this in situ. Great. I feel thank really you. inspired. I feel thank like you. I want to go and yes, start do. Just myself. Yeah. Yes, do. Yeah. This, yeah. Will, this will be great. Yeah. We'll get great. tips on our YouTube if you want to get tips and things yeah, like that. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. I, I just think get, get going is yeah. that's the main tip. And yeah. Just, and, yeah. And don't, don't be and enjoy it, you know, that's the main thing actually. Yeah. And I think mm. you can always tell when people have enjoyed the work that they have, yeah. have painted. It's not about whether it's good, bad or anything, it's, it's yeah. more about is this something I want to look at and did this person enjoy this process? And yeah, I think you can always tell. tell. You can always yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely can. I feel quite energised by <laughs> Definitely need a coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So how lucky was I to be able to walk in the landscape with two artists and then see their work and find out how they'd interpreted all those things that they'd experienced in the outdoors. But you too can experience this. And we mentioned their exhibition. It's called Landscape Inside Out with Liz Ackley and Hugh Winterbottom, an exhibition about local landscapes, moors, woods and the valleys between. It begins on the 5th of March and runs to the 4th of June and is in Gallery Oldham, the cultural quarter of Oldham, which is in Greater Manchester. So if you're in the area, don't miss it because it's really worthwhile and it's just such an interesting way of how people can capture the landscape. 
I hope you enjoyed that, despite all the wind and the rain. I do have a couple of clarifications, corrections and clarifications to make. Um, I called it Mosley, but obviously, talking to the locals, it's Mosley. So sorry about that. And also, when we were talking about the rust on tree trunks, we were saying, was it lichen? But I think it's more of an algae, the one that you find a sort of reddish rust on tree trunks or just on one side so that you can sort of tell the direction. It's only ever on one side of a tree trunk. So from that, you can sometimes find your your directions use it as a sort of compass anyway only if you know which direction it is which direction is it please well this is true <laughs> and that's the voice of Hannah Tribe <laughs> who joins me in the studio with Jack uh, two other artists I might say um, you're quite right and perhaps that's something I'm going to look up for the next podcast so we can have a further clarification of a clarification <laughs> hello lovely to see you both hello hello Hannah I know that you're an artist are you inspired by the countryside? Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your... Yes, yes. It's um, constantly inspiring. It inspires everything, doesn't it? I mean, I know you, you do paint, but your speciality is something very different, isn't it? So I tend to work with ceramics, which is part of the landscape itself, in that I'm using clay. I like to sometimes find seams of clay around... Out in the wild, you go out in the wild and find... Yes, yeah, every now and again you can find bits and pieces. So there's lots of red clay up in Herefordshire, which is quite famous. But down here we've got a lot of sort of white earthenware clay. If, if If you find a seam of clay, then you're you're down there with your trowel and bagging some for... <laughs> I'm not going out like... Clay, mining, a clay hunter. Just taking small amounts and playing with it, not doing anything on any sort of industrial scale or selling it even, just... Just playing. playing. That's cool. Well, that's what just they talk playing. about a lot, Liz and Hugh, that most of enjoyable art is about play and I really like that part of there when they were encouraging people to just do it, don't feel nervous about it. I think that was a really nice thing. I felt I, I sort of felt encouraged to take up the the brush again yeah because there's nothing worse than the self-conscious artist like you need to just get yourself out of your head and just go because you'll know when it's right jack how about you have you you uh i know obviously you're the you're the audio artiste amongst us have you what what was the last thing you you painted or created oh i used to dabble in quite a bit i was quite an arty arty child and then uh school ruined that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, were you told were you told that uh oh you'll never make it as an artist or or was it just something you it, it was one of those things that when you came came to sort of picking your gcses you were very limited with what you could pick and you could only pick certain things if you did you only had like a, a certain number of slots to pick creative topics and i went down the music route which also meant i couldn't go down the art route which i probably would have done as well isn't that ridiculous oh yeah you have to choose between those two things in terms of like art related to the countryside, I think sometimes, I mean, I'm flipping on its head at art that I've enjoyed uh, that's influenced by the countryside. I think a lot of games now, I think, uh, are almost overlooked as being an art form. That And there's, I think you can get, there's quite a few games now out now that are sort of open world that are sound designed and also visually designed to be these wondrous woodlands. And I think how heavily inspired oh, they are by one. nature. Oh, I, can't, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Oh, oh I, thought, I thought you were going to reveal that you were a video game. 
I don't think you have time for that. <laughs> no, I've, I don't have time to play them. I know just at uni, with the course I did, there was quite a big section on game audio. Um, and I think gaming is becoming more of a visual and auditory thing. And they, people want it to be realistic and uh, to evoke that beauty of the of real life. Well, that's really interesting. Gosh, yeah, good point. Well, sorry. Go- yeah, I, I just think now there is that sort of more needing games that people want that escapism to be able to escape to these places that they may not necessarily be able to access in the real life. And I think now there's that more of a a call for a virtual space or a, a gaming experience that emulates it as close as possible, which is more accessible to more people, I guess. Well, you have definitely taken this conversation off onto a totally different... That's absolutely fascinating. I, I have played computer games with my son, which have been incredibly immersive. I can't remember any of the British countryside. However, Hannah used to work for a computer gaming company, didn't you? What was that? Didn't you tell me about a game that was set in the country? The English countryside. Yes, there's a quite a famous game within the um, gaming community called uh, We've All Gone to the Rapture, which is a sort of standout piece for us because they use a lot of the voice artists from The Archers. It's set in a an English country village. And again, it's sort of an open world sort of experience where you have to walk around, find a storyline out, sort of yourself, various people talking in very familiar voices. Oh, how amazing. And you have to work out what's gone on, why is there no one there, what's happened. Awesome. Sounds good. Maybe we should play that. You've also got sort of things like there's farming simulator and stuff like that, which are quite interesting oh, yeah. that people really get on board with that, that they may not ever go down that line of work or down that route, but they can still experience it in a way. Well, because this is my problem with like um, representations of the countryside and this idealised version of what it is. You think about landscape, famous landscape painters like Constable and stuff and the sort of representation of the countryside in those and how it doesn't necessarily match up to the realities. Well, I to- totally get that point. Constable, apparently, the, the Haywain, a very subversive painting because he was painting ordinary people rather than the nobility. I do love that. This, this is an amazing picture. I am. I'm not saying, I'm not doing down on Constable, but like the sort of, uh, the idea of the countryside people have in their heads from brightly coloured, sunny, full of wildlife. Yeah, kind of cows all in the fields and everything's harmonious. It's, yeah. it's perhaps not a reflection of the absolute truth. And, and I think it's easy to edit out the bits that you don't want when you're recreating it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Although we've all gone to the rapture, sounds pretty like there's something pretty, pretty darn awful <laughs> happened. Um, I really like Kevin Williams. I think as talking about um, artists who capture the countryside, uh, he Welsh artist, twentieth century uses a palette knife really to sort of do very bold strokes. But it definitely, I don't think anyone I know captures Wales hills and mountain villages and mining villages better than better is an interesting word to use there better well apart from hannah tribe and her ceramic art (laughs) no 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 no, no. i'm not saying that he isn't any good i'm just interested in like better oh for me more evocative i think i think for want of a better word uh, and better i just love looking at his pictures and thinking i could i could have one of these on my wall and never be bored 
and it always tells me a story that I can relate to about my own experiences of walking and exploring Wales. I guess I think a lot a lot of it with art is about which medium you find most enjoyable to digest and I think for like some people a painting may not it may be a really beautiful painting for some really they get the feeling of what they're seeing and what what it's what it was like whereas others it's just a painting in a way they don't get that same feeling and I mean I know I saw again I, I can't remember the, the guy's name I'll try and find it but he was I was watching um Grayson Perry's Art Club which if you watch I mean I recommend for art it's a load of members of the public just creating art during lockdown and about their experiences and stuff and there was one guy on there that would go out and um record on a little tape recorder sounds of where he was or he would go on a trip and record different sounds that sort of identified that place uh, and then he would take the tapes and out of like paper and stuff sort of make a little like a sort of display of what 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 it was like so maybe there might be a few trees or there, it he makes it like a little pond with a little boat on the on the actual tape going around and so that you could there's his sort of visual identity of that space to most people just looks like a little piece of paper with no meaning but as soon as you play the recording that's built into it you suddenly can i mean for me I I can understand that place a lot more than if it was just a picture, for example. And I think I guess that that's the thing with art is that depending on who you are, what uh, sort of medium you prefer, will depend how much you can relate or engage with uh, a certain art form. That's wonderful. I love that idea. Going out and recording sounds, it always feels like you've made the perfect segue for our sound of the week segment, Jack. That was very cunning. We have had a whole load of sounds of the week sent in to us. I think people have listened to our calls and people have been recording. So I have sound here from Rob Marshall in Guildford. He says, I've been meaning to send this sound in for some time. I stuck my head out of the door in the morning of Christmas Eve and could hear the sound through our single glazed kitchen window. We had at that point quite a bit of scrubby corridor between our property and the neighbours at the foot of us. We often had a family of foxes passing through the bottom of our garden or even playing in it. One year there were five cubs and two adults, including a couple of cubs we reckoned were twins. The sound emanating from next door is rather distressing, thought to be a fox, but it could be a hedgehog. I've only seen a hedgehog twice in the garden. Once when I slept in my bivy bag, I was woken by a sound at 3am and I watched it run diagonally across the lawn. The other was seen last year when we camped as a family in the garden. My youngest son and I were looking through his telescope at the stars when we heard a sound and saw one and followed it around the edges of the garden. Apologies for the quality as it was on my phone about 30 foot from the producer. some foxes isn't it a brilliant sound i think that's amazing particularly a nice little christmas present i would love to hear that so exotic and quite creepy but as the fox expert you're making the ruling on this i'm not an expert on anything but that's fox you're the expert on putting me right on things um (laughs) Well, actually, that brings me on to um, one of my stories 
about what's ha- been happening to me this week. Regular listeners will have heard my sound of the week a few weeks ago, where I was talking about foxes that I could hear from my bathroom window. Brilliant, excellent, very exciting foxes. However, I didn't really take into consideration the fact there are foxes and we also have a chicken. Oh dear. Chicken was subsequently very nearly lunch, or in fact dinner, because it was the evening. Yeah, I was in the kitchen and there was this horrible noise um, and a fox, the fox perhaps, had my chicken in its mouth. So I opened the door and she, I think I must have startled the fox, who subsequently dropped my chicken, thank goodness, who ran into the house and then I was there with the fox like, please don't bite me. I suddenly realised like, it's me and a fox now and a fence, but they didn't want to have anything to do with me and they managed to jump over the top of the fence and my chicken is completely fine. She is absolutely happy and normal and eating grapes as usual. My goodness, that's a great it's tale. It's a happy ending. Wow, so you've come face to face with the fox. and uh, Foxy faces. Yeah, and saved yes. your chicken. You saved your chicken from a... I saved my chicken completely without any bravery, just amusement. <laughs> Oh, I think that's our, that's our Fox Bravery Medal of the Week. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You've got to be careful, though. I've seen a documentary called Fantastic Mr. Fox, and they come up through the ground. That's true. There's concrete, thank goodness. Yeah, a good documentary, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, what a tale. Gosh, anyone else got any stories of... Uh... Jack, have you, have you encountered anything wild and saved any lives? Well, I mean, I, I can't go after that. What was the last animal you saved, Jack? Well, I think it was a fox that had a couple of broken legs. Did he give a full statement about who, who'd done it to it? <laughs> Recognise the voice. <laughs> a regular listener. Brilliant. Well, that's Fox News for the week. Please do send us your stories. We love those sort of tales. My email is editor at countryfile.com and please do send any sounds of the week to us as well. Well, I'm breathless after that. I do have one last parting shot, a joke. It's been a while since we've had a countryside joke, so prepare yourselves. Sweet relief. So a a lorry full of tortoises crashed into a lorry full of terrapins. It was a turtle disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there was a laugh there. I think we were warmed up. Okay, (laughs) thanks. Um... I hope listeners have enjoyed, you don't need to have enjoyed the joke, but I hope you've enjoyed the rest of this podcast. Um, it was one shell of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please do join us again next week where we'll be having another adventure in the countryside. For now, it's goodbye from me and the podcast team. <laughs>